Good morning. Welcome to week two of our teaching series, Head to Heart. We find ourselves today in Psalm 139 with a very familiar passage that I know will encourage you, but also will offer an incredible challenge. David prayed in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. That author, John Ortberg, offers an analogy that I think will help us to truly engage the importance of the perspective of the prayer we just read. John Ortberg writes this. Imagine picking up your car from the mechanic after a routine tune-up and the technician says... This car is in great shape. You have taken awesome care of the car. But later that day, your brakes don't work. And you find out that there's no brake fluid. You could have died because the brakes were inoperative. So you go back to the shop and you say, why didn't you tell me there was no brake fluid? Now imagine if the technician replies, well, I didn't want you to feel bad. Plus, to be honest, I was afraid you might get upset with me. And I want this to be a safe place for you to feel loved and accepted. Well, if a mechanic told you that, you would be furious. You would say, I did not come here for a little fancy-based uh, ego boost. I need to know the truth when it comes to my car. Or, imagine going to the doctor's office for a checkup. And the doctor says to you, you are a magnificent physical specimen. You have the body of an Olympian. You are to be congratulated. Later that day, while climbing the stairs, imagine that your heart gives out. And you find out later your, your arteries were so clogged that you were one jelly donut away from the Graham Reaper. Imagine what you would say if you went back to the doctor. Why didn't you tell me that I had a problem? What if the doctor were to say, well, I knew your body is in worse shape than you could ever imagine. But if I tell people stuff like that, they'll get offended and it's bad for business. They don't come back. And I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted. Why, you would be furious. You'd say to the doctor, when it comes to my body, I want the truth. Obviously, when something matters to us. We desire to know the truth. Now, moving past uh, the the issue of, of a car's engine and even past the issue of cardio health, consider for a moment spiritual health. Consider asking God, God, what do you think of how I'm doing? Imagine asking God to actually assess your spiritual health. Today we engage with a prayer from David. Yes, another prayer guides us to move from head to heart. This prayer is a powerful example of how we need to be really concerned about the condition of our inner man, our, our heart, our soul, even down to the finest details 
of our thoughts and our emotions. It was the 10th century uh, church father of Christian monasticism, Abbot Moses, who wrote this. They who are conscious of their own sins and their own heart have no eyes for the sins of their neighbor. Counterintuitive to our uh, seemingly uh, ease of pointing out error in others. Today, the, the scripture, God's word, and God himself calls us to take a look deep within. Deep within, past our, our words and, and our actions, to that deep part of our soul where our thoughts and, and our attitudes are formed. As we move from, from head to heart, well, let's take a moment to hear this prayer from David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, test me, God, and, and know my thoughts. Earlier in Psalm 139, David confessed that God knows our thoughts even, even before they become words on our, our tongues. So why here is David petitioning and appealing to God for something that he had already stated was a fact? David is concerned with, with his heart. David becomes very transparent here and gives us an amazing example of how you and I are to consider the deepest recesses of our being, our thoughts and our attitudes, as being presented before God and saying, God, uh, I just want the truth. Tell me the truth. Show me where there is a problem. And then, God, would you address that problem? What an amazing prayer. What an overwhelming prayer. And yet today, God's word invites us to have that same heart, to offer that same prayer. So I would like to ask you to join me uh, in these two verses, the last two verses of Psalm 139, to understand three steps that are so necessary as we move from head to heart, as we move from being concerned with the the aesthetics of life, the outward expressions, and, and move to that place where we are truly concerned with how we're doing deep within. Yes, most of us can present ourselves with information that we have about faith. Obviously, in John chapter 4, the woman of the well made this attempt to Jesus. She presented herself on the surface, saying statements and presenting herself in a way that she thought would be acceptable to the one to whom she spoke. But Jesus saw deep within. And the same is true for you and for me. We can, we can make our statements to others. We can carry ourselves well. But God is asking that we would take upon ourselves this attitude of David and allow God to look deep into our hearts and then to put his hand on that which is not right. And then that our hearts would be moved, that our souls would be moved to say, God, you show me this is wrong. God, fix this. God, change this in my life. And so today we, we look at three very necessary steps to move from head to heart. Before we make this move, uh, looking at verses 23 and 24, I would like to step back just one verse to verse 22. In verse 22, you see a conclusion of, 
of David's vehemence against the enemies of God. In fact, in verse 19 and following, David references bloodthirsty men. He references those who would be enemies against the Lord. And then he, he, he even confesses that he, he has hatred toward the enemies of the Lord because, because of, of, of how they dishonor and disregard the holiness of God. In verse 22, David said, I hate them and I consider them my enemies because God, they're your enemies. And then in verse 23, David writes, search my heart. Now, isn't it amazing? David did not say, God searched their hearts. They're the enemies. Hold them accountable. No, David expressed his, his struggle with, with enemies that were in his life. But instead of asking God, to straighten his enemies out, David said, God, I need you to search my heart. Search me and, and try my thoughts. Perhaps David was uh, considering such enemies as Absalom and his men, or even Saul. But whomever this aggressor in David's life was, David saw them as enemies of God, and it grieved his heart. It agitated his spirit deeply. And as David expressed this almost in the spirit of imprecation, up to verse 22 and verse 23, David then states with as much sincerity as he had expressed previous words, God, search my heart. I find this so refreshing that David didn't say, God, deal with those people. They're wrong. Change them so that my life is easier. No, David said, God, if you need to work on my heart in this difficult moment that I'm living in, God, then work on my heart. Change me. And so I'd like to share with you just three simple steps. I say they're simple, but boy, are they ever a strong challenge for you and for me. So here are three steps that will allow us to bring our thoughts and our attitudes uh, before the Lord. These steps can be defined as how you and I are uh, allowing God to check the details of our heart. I think sometimes we're easy to modify behavior. And that's pretty simple for most of us. In fact, when we correct our, our youngest, we, we are a lot of times simply trying to modify behavior, but our desire as parents is to get to the heart of the matter. And that's God's desire for us. We need to check the details of our hearts. So here are three simple steps to move from head to heart so that the deepest recesses of our inner man are brought before God so that he can bring change, our thoughts and our attitudes that lie so deeply within. So here are the steps. Step, step one, self-examination. David gives us an example of self-examination. This is vital for all of us, albeit painful at times, but certainly vital, vital and can be uh, an experience of rejoicing once we uh, allow those defenses to drop and to say, God, deal with me where I'm wrong. Self-examination. David said, search me. And know my heart. This indicates David bringing his, his soul before the Lord. The language actually indicates that inner person and the seat of, of emotion, the seat of will, the seat of ambition, the seat of, of human thought. And David says before the Lord, examine all of those motivations. In me, God. David is asking God to scrutinize the finer details 
of his life. And our willingness should be before God to bring every emotion and every inclination of the will and every ambition, dream, and pursuit and every thought and word before God and to say, God, would you would you scrutinize this and remove whatever is not of you? Oftentimes we we are sorry for an act done outwardly. But David gives us the example of moving past that to confessing those unseen expressions, those that are undetected by man, but clearly detected by God. And David gives us this great example. God, search my innermost being, my thoughts, my ambitions, my heart, my desires, my drive. And God, put your hand on whatever it is that is not honoring to you. And God, deal with me at that place and forgive me. What an amazing step David took of self-examination. He expressed his self-examination by saying, God, search my heart. But he also expressed self-examination by saying, God, try me and know my thoughts. In the language, this brings about greater severity than even the first request. Well, it certainly is one expression to say, God, search my heart and know everything about me. But then David moves a step further to say, God, actually try every thought, not just my emotions, but God, those quick thoughts that come in, those thoughts that are not pleasing to you, those thoughts of lust and those thoughts of anger, those thoughts of retaliation, those thoughts of apathy, those thoughts of of grandeur desires that would go against your will for me. David writes, God, take every thought and test them. The word test here obviously doesn't indicate pass or fail, but the word actually indicates uh, testing it to the point of, of God's acceptance of our actions and our attitudes, our thoughts and our emotions. And the word thoughts here actually is exclusively a reference to anxious thoughts. So it's as if David is saying, God, test every thought that is in me that has been prompted by this circumstance. The previous verses indicate that David was hotly pursued by his enemies. And it's as if David writes, God, my thoughts are anxious. My thoughts could fall to a a place of, of not pleasing you and not honoring you. And so God, test my thoughts. I believe there is both here a purpose of corrective uh, uh, desires as well as uh, repentance. Uh, God, correct what is wrong, and I repent of that. And then I think there's also an expression of preventive desires. God, keep me from having wrong thoughts. You and I know when we're uh, walking into difficult situations, and sometimes we rehearse what we're going to say and how we're going to react. But what a pure heart it is to say, God, I don't just want to enter the situation with my mind. God, I'm asking you deep in my heart to go ahead now and test every thought that is coming up from within me. And David David said in this in this prayer recorded here in the psaltery, this this incredible and moving expression to God. David said, God, test my thoughts to see if they are honoring to you. And if not, God, deal with me at that moment. Now, I love a verse from First Peter that I think is so applicable here. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 7, Peter writes, trials come so that our faith greater than gold can be proven 
genuine. Trials come to challenge us so that our faith, greater than gold, can be proven genuine when refined by fire. When gold is tested, the impurities rise to the surface and are skimmed off in that strong refiner's fire so that the substance becomes pure. David expresses this when he writes, God, test my thoughts. Fire them in the adversity of this broken world. Fire them so that the impurities float to the top and all that is left is a pure desire to honor you. God, test my thoughts. Is an incredible prayer. A prayer that, that we're called to have in our lives. And so our first step, moving from head to heart, is the step of self-examination. Now here's the second step. Self-renunciation. After David prayed, God search my heart and test my thoughts. David then expressed in verse 24, see if there be any offensive way in me. David truly desired that nothing in him would make him an enemy to God. So now David moves past the openness of self-examination to a willingness to renounce any aspect of his inner man that would actually pit him in disobedience against God. David's heart, reflected in this prayer, is after God's will for his life. And David's desire is not to become an enemy to God like those who are pressing in on him. But David cries out, God, I am willing to renounce anything in my life, to say no, to confess and to move past whatever might be in my heart by way of thoughts and attitudes that would not honor you. David prayed, if there be any offensive way in me. The term offensive here can actually represent that which is resentful or hurtful. So I imagine David has strong temptation to have resentment against Saul or Absalom or other enemies pressing against him. And so David writes, God, if I have already committed sin, if my thoughts are so devious that, and so deep that I can scarcely recognize them, God, show me the offense that I have, that I have perpetrated in my own heart and, and I will confess of that. And so David is practicing such an open heart of renunciation. And so Oh, wow, what a powerful picture we have of David saying, my desire is to say no to whatever is already existing in me. Now, David wrote, search me, try me. But now David is focused on what may already be there. God, I, I pray that if there's anything offensive, that, that you will bring that to my mind and my heart so that I can renounce that, confess of that, move from that. Oh, the step of self-renunciation is the willingness to say no to sin and to say yes to God, a willingness to to say, God, I, I turn from this, a willingness to say, God, it's it's you that I desire and not anything of myself. The old scholar William Arnott wrote this. The difference between an unconverted and a converted man is not that one has sins and the other does not, but that one takes part with his cherished sins against God and the other takes part with a, with God against his sin, whereas his face was formerly turned away from God and toward his sins. Now he is turned away from his sins and toward God. This is exactly where David's heart lands after that self-examination. God, I turn my face from sin and I repent and I, I turn 
to you. I read this article recently about the sinkholes here in the U.S. And there are several states that that really uh, have a lot of sinkholes uh, in their topography. Uh, Florida, Texas, uh, Kentucky, Alabama. And, and every sinkhole has, has one common property. The, the rock formation is, is so weak that it is dissolved by water so that when there is an extreme amount of water, uh, the formation itself actually crumbles and gives away. And I'm, I'm fearful that, that this becomes an all too true picture and analogy of, of the inner man when we do not take David's posture of repentance to say, God, if there's anything offensive, take it away. And sometimes unconfessed sin resides there. And like that dissolved rock, this sin can, can create weaknesses in our lives. That unconfessed sin can, can, can create distance between ourselves and others. And obviously sin keeps us from honoring God and, and, and living in his light. And this unconfessed sin is such a danger and is so destructive. And David's example from God's word instructs our steps today to, to cry out, God, if there's anything wicked in me, anything offensive that I held against another or against you, God, forgive me and cleanse me. When you do that, you take away any uh, possibility of a spiritual sinkhole in your life where things collapse and you can move forward in health. Oh, the, the important step, step of self-examination and self-renunciation. And we turn finally uh, to the step of, of self-dedication. David concludes in verse 24. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. From self-examination to, to self-renunciation to self-dedication. David writes, God, if there's anything offensive in me, lead me in your way. Uh, I love this phrase, everlasting way. It can actually mean old ways or more particularly ancient ways. And it's as if David is remembering how God has led Israel as father to child. Or as, as even Jesus leads us as shepherd to sheep. And so it's as if David turns from those offensive ways to say, God, I desire that you lead me. David's prayer is for God's grace and mercy that, that comes to him through that self-examination and self-renunciation so that he can truly offer his life to God in dedication. To say, God, I, I desire to walk in your way and to truly follow you. I love this passage in Romans chapter 2, verse 29, where Paul coins an interesting phrase, circumcision of the heart. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, that great leader of God's people told Israel at the crest of the of the bank of the Jordan River, consecrate yourself today. Tomorrow God will do amazing things among you. And, and this reference preparation as they would cross the Jordan River and eventually take Jericho. This call to consecrate could reference many ceremonial practices in Israel that were done sincerely, including circumcision, to bring their lives 
consecrated before God. Now, because of what Christ has done on the cross and through the empty grave, much as Paul has encouraged in Romans 2 verse 29, it is not the outward adherence to the law and ceremony that matters, but it is the consecration, or in Paul's terms, the circumcision of the heart. This self-dedication that David exemplified in Psalm 139 verse 24 reminds us of why we should practice self-examination and self-renunciation. Because the purpose is that we would dedicate ourselves, that our hearts would truly be circumcised, meaning set apart to God, that we would allow God to reveal any false affection or any malice or, or any sinful desires or attitudes that, that distract our hearts from honoring Jesus. And we're called in Scripture to dedicate our lives so that we can live consecrated before the Lord. So I pray that this prayer of David has encouraged you to allow God to examine your heart so that you might renounce any part of your heart, thoughts or attitudes that are honoring to God, and then to dedicate, to recommit, to bring your heart to the Lord, to say, God, my life is yours. Jesus reminded his followers to take up your cross and deny yourself. And as we deny ourselves and honor what Christ has done on the cross, oh, may it be that we say with Paul from Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. May we say in accordance with Galatians chapter 6, oh, I've, I've been crucified to the world and, to, and the world to me. May our hearts truly be dedicated to Jesus Christ, not in word, not in just outward pomp or circumstance or acts of service, but may deep within and the deep recesses of our hearts and our souls where only God can see. May our consecration to the Lord be there as we allow him not just to, uh, to, to be the truth that guides our steps, but to be the presence of the Holy Spirit that guides our thoughts and our actions and our attitudes. I'd like to close with a, a quote from uh, that great uh, Chinese pastor martyred in the mid-70s, Watchman Nee. And this is what Watchman Nee has observed. To what are we to be consecrated? Not to Christian work, but to the will of God. To be and to do whatever God requires. I pray that today your heart is not consecrated just to acts of service, but to the will of God for your life, to be and to do whatever God desires of you. Now let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for this uh, teaching from your word that helps us to further move from head to heart. And Father, as we dismiss from this service today, I pray that, that our lives will truly respond to your truth and, and our hearts our attitudes, our thoughts will be surrendered to you. And Father, it's easy to modify our behavior at times. But oh God, you're calling us to a changed heart. You've changed our heart. You've made us brand new. If our faith is in your son, but Father, oh how we, we, we must allow you to put your, your finger on those parts of our hearts and our minds and our, and, and our souls that, that hold on to things that are impure, that are not of you. And so Father, uh, Search, search our hearts. Test our thoughts. 
If there's anything offensive in us, Father, show us so that we can confess that to you and, and ask for your forgiveness and turn from that. And then, Father, lead us in the everlasting way, the way that you've designed from the very beginning between you and your people, between Jesus and those who are choosing and, and, and truly follow him. Father, lead us in that way for your honor and for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And together we said, Amen. Right now, there is a, a website location right here on the screen. Uh, and we ask you to click there if you want to know more about what it means to, to walk in faith with Christ. Maybe your faith is in Jesus and you're struggling. Or perhaps you've never nailed it down that your faith is in Christ. Perhaps you're vacillating between what to believe. Or maybe today you know that, that your, your life needs to be surrendered to Christ and you're placing your faith in Him, please go to that website location. We will reach out to you immediately and we want to encourage you and have a conversation with you as you open your heart to Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. These are exciting days we're living in. I know at times they're trying days, but may we bring our hearts and our thoughts and our attitudes before the Lord and let's allow Him to change us so that we can better live for Him and honor Him. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, our journey is from head to heart. It's about the change Jesus wants to bring. We're so glad you are a part of this worship service today. Take care. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday, if not sooner. God bless. Love you a lot.